Well, thank you. I find myself in an interesting position of guest appearing on Mid-Mornings as a judge in a short story competition. This is not an experience I have ever had before, so uh, excuse me if I sound slightly confused. Fortunately, I do have people who have done it before with me. Uh, With me are uh, Christopher Norris, Andrew Siegel, Cheryl Sherville and Alexandra Ely, who are my fellow judges in the High 2020 Short Story Competition, and also Claire Newton, whose idea this whole thing was in the first place. Uh, Folks, good morning to you. Thanks for joining us. This is the point at which we discover in just a few minutes who has won the uh, High 2020 short story competition. We've been talking about it for months. This is quite an exciting day. Uh, Claire, first off, the last time we spoke, um, we were at an earlier stage in the judging. We've now got through the final stage All I know is what was presented to me. I got five stories to read and to choose my winner from those five. The other judges, I think, got separate sets of five. Is that how it worked? Yes, that's right. Yes, you all had different sets of five from that. Um, You needed to discard one and then uh, put one forward for the winning entry. Okay, I can see why we needed to to choose one to go forward to the final judging. Why did we need to discard one? Um, I wanted to give a breadth of um, story, you know, um, because I was concerned that if I limit it too much, um, the ultimate choice would might might um, be altered slightly. So I wanted to make sure that I give every story the biggest chance possible. Did you get as wide a spread of stories as you were expecting? It's fantastic, my goodness. Um, It certainly was. Um, We've got all sorts of bizarre stories from robots, you know, and um, futuristic plans, Um, COVID, lots of talks about COVID and and the impact it had on, on the authors and people around them. So, yeah, it was very varied. Okay, well, I had five. I chose one. What I think we might do is uh, go through each of the judges to tell us why they chose the one they chose from the five that they had. Shall we start with uh, Andrew Siegel, simply because he's in the top left-hand corner of my screen, for no other reason than that. Andrew, over to you. What did you choose? What was the story? Give us a little pricey, if you you can. Uh, And what was it about that that appealed to you? I chose Rough Justice, um, uh, a robbery gone wrong in the shop, uh, the shopkeeper gets killed, and we haul somebody in on suspicion of murder, and I liked the way the tension built up as it went through. I liked also the, the place was written in the, in the first person, and it has a ring of truth to it. It sounds like a policeman talking. It doesn't sound as though it's somebody that just phoned the local police station to say who, what, where, and when. This is someone who sounds like he is a policeman, a person. The story then builds up tension as it goes on, and towards the end we think, uh, well, there's an interesting uh, comment um, made by our first-person speaker. Quote, there is an easy fiction that policing exists to investigate criminality and not judge right and wrong. In fact, such decisions are made constantly in assumptions we make and the trajectories we take in any investigation. Inconvenient facts can be put down to coincidence and ignored in the pursuit of what is right. Really? 
in, in that case, what do we need the courts for? The police are going to make decisions. I think it's very good. I like the way uh, towards the end, we suddenly get this twist where the guy that's, uh, that we thought was guilty of a murder actually isn't guilty of a murder at all. It's an accidental killing. But after this, he's going to know that. The hell. Let him go down anyway. He's got a, a record as long as your arm. Now, has that come up uh, in any other stories? I thought at first, this is outrageous. This was a policeman talking. How dare he? And you also mentioned there the twist on the end, almost right at the end of the story. That's a classic um, short story thing, isn't it? Where everything that you think, it's every, the place that you think it's going to, turns out not yeah. to be it at all. I think also a story ideally should have some sort of a theme. It's not enough just to have a twist and amuse people. I think if you've got a theme as well, and the theme here is, is it right for the police to make their own value judgments about who is guilty and who should or shouldn't go down? So... I like the fact that he posed the question, as well as having the twist at the end. Okay, so Andrew's uh, finalist was Rough Justice. Christopher Norris, bring you in next for no other reason than that you're next to Andrew on my screen. (laughs) Do tell us, uh, which was the story you chose from the five you were given, and why? Okay, my choice for ultimate winner was a story called The Eagle Cafe. Um... And essentially what I was looking for, I had five criteria, um, on the top of which was, is it original? Uh, second one was, um, what's the structure like and does it have twists? Um, thirdly, plot and character development. And fourthly, pace and lastly, dialogue. You know, was the dialogue kind of realistic or believable? And I felt of, of all the five stories that, that the, the Eagle Cafe, it's got a kind of um, futuristic, well, it's... It, it plays with some common tropes, but it does do do it in a kind of in, original way, even though um, you know there are references to other very popular books um, that you, that people may have read. Uh, it, it does it in a in a, I felt an original way. It's about time travel. I think we can say that much. <laughs> well, it's a time travel thing, and there are other genres involved as well. So it's um, but I like the way that. Um, it, it was almost a reversal of a, of a very famous novel that did, that did very well um, about, I guess, about 10 years ago, 10, 15 years ago. Um, but yes, I thought it was excellent. And, to, and to, have, um, to, to achieve quite so much plot development and character development and, and, uh, and the twist and whatever within such a, a short time frame, I thought was a big achievement, really. Is it possible uh, when you're reading something uh, to judge it against others and because you have been given it, is it possible to actually get past whether you like it or not and just judge it on the technical merits? Or does liking it have to be a factor anyway? Um, I think it's a bit of both. I think, um, I mean, I, 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 mean I, I have worked at a literary agency, so I kind of, you know, you get to see a lot of unsolicited material. Um, one thing I would say is that you can tell pretty quickly whether somebody can write or not, you know, it, even within the first paragraph or two. Um, and, and if you if you get the feeling after a paragraph or two that, yes, this person can write, then something in you kind of relaxes and you think, OK, well, I'm in good company here. I can I can enjoy this because uh, because the person knows what they're doing. So you're slightly less on your guard as, as far as technical uh, features are concerned and you know your editorial brain kind of goes into retreat a bit because you're enjoying it more as a reader okay uh christopher's uh, story that he uh nominated <laughs> for the big prize was called the eagle cafe let's bring in alexandra ely 
all the way from the other end of the United States. So uh, a very good early morning to you, Alexandra. What was your story and uh, what was it about it that appealed to you? Uh, it's so exciting to be the international judge. I'm, I'm very pleased to be here. Um, I chose, uh, thank God I didn't. Um, it was only four pages, a short one. And to be able to convey a, a story, a feeling, and a, a character development in, in such a short amount of time is, uh, well, something that all writers strive for. And so it is quite an accomplishment to to do that. And so I've instantly connected with the young school-aged uh, kids in this short story. I was pleased that he got a second chance at life. I was happy he he got, um, you know, what he was searching for. There was an innocence about it that is difficult to write because it's so subtle. And I, I picked up on that and I've just, I thought it was charming and well done and so that was that was my top pick your story i think we without giving away too much is set in a very particular mm -hmm. place and time it's set in coventry in 1974 in a very particular situation and that's completely different to anything you're used to i'm guessing you probably don't remember 1974 and also you've never been to coventry <laughs> did that matter <laughs> No, actually, I would say well done to the author because I think that it transcended time. Christopher was saying, saying previously, once you realize that, that the writing is, is um, developed, that the author has really tried their best to put forth this story, then you do kind of like sit back and realize, okay, then we, we've got over that, that first criteria. Now let's move into the next. The fact that you don't know the place didn't actually matter. No, no, it didn't. Mm. Alexandra's nomination was called Thank God I Didn't. Meanwhile, with a completely separate set of five stories, Cheryl Sherville uh, chose... What did you choose, Cheryl, and why? Uh, the Ballad of Billy the Kid. I, I really liked this. Uh, it, was, it was really very original and had a particularly good ending, I thought. I, I sort of didn't see the ending coming, which was... Uh, which was which is great, and it sort of, it was very, uh, it was very concise. The language you used was, uh, with short stories, you really got to portray your story very quickly, and you know, develop the characters in so few words. And um, I really felt the author had done this, um, was, uh, and it was very, very well done. Sort of took on all sorts of big issues, really, such as uh, you know, sort of mental health issues. Um, and it was sort of very topical. I think there are a lot of um, children that go through some of the traumas that um, the main character went through, you know, the sort of, um, you know, the cutting of the arms and, you know, the, the sort of uh, sort of self-abuse. So uh, I thought it was, um, yes, it sounds gloomy, but it was, it was really well done, I thought, uh, mm. and I enjoyed it. And I thought the standard of the stories that I read was really high um, and, and very enjoyable and, and also different. Um, and it was hard to make a decision. It really was. I thought it was, it was a, an excellent selection to choose from. I'm I so glad to hear you say that because that's exactly the spirit experience I had. That uh, How do I judge this one against this one? Yes, no, I totally agree. I found it, uh, it wasn't so difficult um, to get rid of one, but then you're left with, you know, four others that you're thinking, oh, my 
goodness, how am I going to choose from this? And I also particularly liked, I agree with Andrew, I particularly liked uh, Rough Justice as well. Um, so I was really, oh, really torn. I thought it was, and it was interesting, Andrew, that you said about Rough Justice. I too was outraged. I thought, oh, this is terrible, you know. <laughs> dare he sort of take, uh, you know, the law into his own hands. And then, I don't know, I sort of reread bits and, um, yeah, sort of came to a you know, slightly more mellow uh, viewpoint. Uh, I, was, I thought that was really well done as well. But there were others along the way that were really good as well and really entertaining because that's what it's got to be, isn't it? Entertaining mm. and uh, sort of give something. So, yeah, very impressive. That's really. four out of the five nominations. The fifth one was me. Now, I'm quite prepared to be shot down in flames about my judging technique here because I have never done anything like this before and now I'm in the company of four people who are experienced at doing this. Uh, but uh, the one uh, term that I put forward was called You Carry It. And um, it's, uh, as Claire said a few minutes ago, it, it's a COVID story, except that it puts it in a completely different context. It's a virus, and it's a virus that everybody is being warned to be very careful of and uh, keep distance and so on. But the virus is not the coronavirus. It's not the same sort of thing. It doesn't have the same effect. And the story is actually uh, somebody seeing somebody close to them uh, coming down with the virus and being affected by it over a Zoom call or over a series <laughs> of Zoom calls. Um, so... I think the reason I chose it was just for the sheer weirdness of a slightly parallel reality, that this is like the world we have, but not the same. And um, that's what got that to me out of, uh, out of the, the pack of uh, the five I had. Um, it doesn't really have uh, a plot twist at the end in that it doesn't turn it upside down, but what it does is... is, um, is shows you that, yes, this is where this is going, because you could have seen this coming, that the last line is actually the narrator revealing that they're coming down with the virus as well. And um, without giving too much away, the virus actually turns people into animals. Yes. Um, so uh, that's uh, why I chose it. Uh, that was called You Carry It. So, Claire, you had five nominations from the five judges... And a very interesting scoring system. Do take us through that. Well, the problem is if you just say, you know, story one gets top marks like five out of five going down. Um, there comes a point where you can't actually decipher who's going to be the winner. So we actually based it on the Formula One driving <laughs> scoring system. <laughs> well, if it works for them... <laughs> well, if the top score was 20, and then it had to be half of that. So number two was 10, and then the uh, the bottom three scores, one, two, and three. So it enabled me to um, split clearly where um, a winner is going to fall. Did it work? Was there a clear winner? My goodness, it certainly did. Um, it was very clear um, that... Our winner was like um, 61 points, and then number two was 43 points. Uh, number three was um, 34 points. Uh, number uh, four was uh, 27, and the last was uh, 12. So it really split the decision up really nicely. Okay, well, I think at this point, and we needn't uh, prevaricate any longer, with my best um, announcer's voice on, in fifth place, You Carry It by Mariam 
Vashimavili. In fourth place, Thank God I Didn't by Alan Rafferty. In third place, The Ballad of Billy the Kid by Sherry Hostler. Second place and the runner-up, Rough Justice by Bob Thompson, which means that the High 2020 overall winner is The Eagle Cafe by Kaylee Maddox, which will please Andrew and Christopher, certainly, and uh, also Alexandra, because they all really rated that story, and I have to say, so did I. So congratulations to Kaylee Maddox. We will, uh, in just a minute or two, after we've had a short break, hear... That story, in its entirety, read for us by Sarah Jane Wellington. For now, though, thanks to all our judges, to Christopher Norris, Andrew Siegel, Cheryl Sherville and Alexandra Ely. Thanks to Claire Newton for arranging the whole thing in the first place and being the uh, guiding force behind the uh, High 2020 competition. And in a moment, we'll hear the winner. <laughs> 